Hey, last week we started a new series called Becoming Jesus, and uh, I want to let you know my heart is super heavy today in light of the content. Um, I have spent a great deal of time crying today and uh, this week in light of this message. Last week we talked about um, dying to self and letting Christ live and the, the problem that we can have in trying to just add Jesus to our life as opposed to surrendering our life to Christ. Uh, and this is like what, the way I see it, the scripture way. Um, and we talked about transforming our mind uh, by, 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 the, by the re- being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And uh, so this week we have some, some deep content. I want to let you know right off the bat that if you have kids at home uh, in your living room or here in the, in the sanctuary today, uh, the content may be um, slightly R-rated. Um, and so I just want to let you know right now, um, we're going to talk about um, uh, the word and what it's looked like through the years as it's um, been passed from generation to generation. Um, but with that being said, my daughter is here. Um, she's actually the one, for, if you're watching uh, on your TV today, uh, she's the one behind the camera. And um, although this content may be heavy, um, I do believe it's deeply Christian and good for everyone to hear. However, um, you may have some explaining to do on your way homes today. In, uh, we're going to start off here. And John says in John chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the word... And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Well, that's a lot to unpack. Jesus, I pray that you would help. Amen. I'm not going to explain John 1.1 today. In fact, uh, this is not a teaching. Uh, it's going to be a different kind of sermon. I have a gift for all of you today, and... Um, this is an odd type of message. In fact, I would, I would venture off to say that you may have never heard a sermon uh, in this style before. Uh, Jesus came to his disciples and told his disciples in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, and therefore now go and make disciples of all the nations. That's the vision of our church not to make Christians, but to make disciples. I'm hoping that you're becoming more and more like Jesus every day. I don't know what that looks like or what you're doing to become more and more like Jesus, but I have an idea of some things that can help today. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In verse 20, listen to this. He says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. Hmm. Be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Man, there's so much about this passage that's deep, uh, but as I was reading the scriptures this week, and uh, in light of everything that was going on in the country, uh, I thought it was, uh, there were several moments where I sat back and laughed. This week is not a laughing kind of week, uh, but I sat back and laughed because I realized that what's happening right now has happened before, and before, and before. And before, and um, it gives me peace to recognize that I'm walking with the God that holds time and holds everything that's going on. And if we're not careful, we can live in a moment and really panic and get angry and fight. But um, I think the Lord has given me some things different to fight for. And uh, I'm going to show you here today in Scripture. These disciples that were handed and given this message to go and teach new disciples to obey all the commands that I've given you, uh, they would do just that. They would go and make other disciples, and they would try to pass along the teachings of Jesus. How so? 
Well, they would start uh, by going to the ends of the earth. I want to take you in Scripture to a couple different things. I don't know if you're aware, but uh, the first martyr in the New Testament we find in Matthew and Acts chapter 8 uh, would be, does anyone know the first martyr? Stephen, yeah, man, that was pretty well. Yeah, I don't know if you know this. I didn't know this until this very week, and I have studied this topic so many times, it's crazy. There is a second martyr in the New Testament who was a disciple. Does anyone know his name? I did not. I was baffled that it actually said it right in plain English. It was James. James the Less, the brother of Jesus, was the second martyr. He was one of the first. He actually was converted to Christianity and was the first uh, disciple to actually write a letter in the New Testament. And then he was the first martyr. In Acts chapter 12, it, it says that, 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 that um, the, um, the guy in charge at this time, uh, he was arresting, he was trying to uh, gain popularity with the Jews. And so he began rounding up some of the disciples and he rounded up first James. Trying to silence him. He executed him by sword. Man, it's crazy. And then it said that because all of the Jews got excited about this very thing, then they went on to arrest Peter. And Peter, in Acts chapter 12, who's being arrested, can you imagine what's going through his head as he just heard the rumor that Jesus' very brother was just stabbed to death by a sword Man, this is crazy, and I'm now here in prison, and all the disciples got together and began praying for, for, for Peter's freedom. And uh, uh, that very night, uh, Peter was released by a divine miracle. But James, uh, who was uh, killed by sword, so powerful. Why would, why would James risk his life? Romans chapter 10, verse 14 through 17 how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? This is his, what's going on in his heart. He's got to write the words. He's got he's to trans. He's got to let people know the word of God. And how shall they believe if, if, they have, if they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they're sent? And as it, it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing, hear me this, and hearing by the word of the Lord. I uh, want to remind you today that the reason why you know and you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior is because James, who realized who his brother was, began to write about it and was willing to lay down his life. Well, he wouldn't be the only, actually, would go on. Philip would, would, would take the gospel all the way over to Greece, and he would be stoned to death in 80 AD. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8 would say this, As the grass withers and the flowers fade, the word of our God will stand forever. Can you imagine these guys taking the gospel to the ends of the earth, realizing that the word is powerful, and you could take my life, but... but the word of God is going to live forever, and people have to hear the word. They have to know. I'm so glad that I know who Jesus is today because of the way people have lived their life. These disciples, they lived because they, the reason why they all were willing to lay down their life was because they all realized, oh my gosh, Jesus was crucified. And behold, he lives forevermore. The world has to know. We have to write about it. We have to tell about it. We have to talk about it. We have to share about it. We've got to go. Risking their very lives, Thomas would go all the way over to India 
And he would, delay, he would die on July 3rd in 72. He'd be killed by the spear. They'd stab him again and again and again, trying to silence him. I think about this verse where it says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it's the power of God. And this is what drove Thomas to say, I I don't care. I know that people need to hear this. You can't take my life. Andrew would be arrested in 60 AD in Greece. And knowing that he was about to be sentenced to death, he begged those that would sentence him to death. Please, I know that you're going to kill me. And they they said they were going to crucify him, and he just begged them, would you please not kill me on a cross? Would you please, any other way, but not on a cross? And so they killed him on an X, because he felt like his his life wasn't worthy of dying the same way his Savior, Jesus, died. Peter then, just, just later, in 64 AD, he would be sentenced to death by the emperor in Rome, Nero, and this is written about, all, all of their deaths are written about by many different philosophers in the time. So what's wonderful is that these aren't biblical deaths. These are written from historical writings. We know how these people died. And, and, and um, uh, Clement of Rome would write about how Peter was crucified upside down because he didn't want to die like his Savior. He heard of how his brother would die. I don't want to die like, my, like, like Jesus. So they crucified him upside down. Paul would say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for the salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also to the Greek, to to the Gentile. And I just think to myself, I'm so thankful that these men, what if they wouldn't have risked their lives? What if they would have lived a common life, an ordinary life? What if they would have buried the story of Jesus deep in their heart? What if they didn't go all the way to the What if they didn't risk their lives? What if I didn't know who Christ was? Today, I know so many people that have passed away from drugs, from murder, from fighting with police officers, like friends of mine that I grew up with. I lived a dark life. I would not be where I am today had it not been for Christ. And I wouldn't know who Christ is had men and women not risked their life to make sure that the teachings of Christ were passed. Paul was beheaded in Rome the same year that Peter died in Rome. They tried to stone him. They beat him with clubs, and they couldn't silence him. They imprisoned him on several occasions, and Paul wouldn't shut up about Jesus. He wouldn't shut up, and so they finally beheaded him. And uh, he would say this in Philippians chapter 1, For I fully expect and hope that I will never, and I will never be ashamed but that I will continue to be whole, to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether to live or to die. For to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. For if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between the two desires, for I long to go and be with Christ, which is far better for me. But for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live. And I just stop for a second, and I wonder that. Is my life, is your life, 
making it better for others to find Jesus. What is the purpose of your life? For so many years, I remember being a teenager and looking for purpose in my life. And after I came to find Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I realized there was no other purpose in life but Him. He was my destiny. He was my reason to wake up every day. He is the reason for everything that's going on in my life. And I don't know what purpose you have found. But I have found all my life's purpose in Him. The reason why I'm a father is to let my children know who Jesus is. I live for Christ. And Paul's saying, I, it's, you know, it's good for me to die, but it's better for me to live for you. Do you live so that others around you know Christ? Well, the, the Apostle John would die, they believe, in 98 AD of natural causes. They arrested John, and it's written about in many different stories. They tried to kill this guy again and again and again. You know, they stoned him, and it's written that they actually tried to boil him in oil, but he wouldn't die. So they were, how are we going to shut this guy up? So what they did is they, they, sent, they exiled him to an island where he would just, no one would be able to hear of him. And it was there that, that the disciple of John began to write letters to other people about the life of Christ where he wrote 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, where he wrote the Gospel of John, and where he had the revelation and the encounter of Jesus Christ, which is the very book of Revelations, which we're living in today. And John said this in some of his writings in John 17, 17. He, he, said, he said, sanctify them in the truth. Your word, Lord, is truth. What is truth to you? People are, right, are arguing about it all over the internet right now about what's, what's truth and what's not truth and the, what the media is trying to push out or what the media is not trying to push out. What is truth? What do people need to be aware of right now? What's crazy is all of these disciples that have gave their life and were under massive attack. Their enemy wasn't Rome. Their enemy wasn't their accusers. Jesus' enemy wasn't the Jews or the, or, or, or the priests. It was sin itself. That's the killer right now, guys. It's killing billions of us. We're all dying of it right now. We have an enemy, and the disciples risk their life to go to the ends of the earth to make sure that all would know the teachings of Jesus. The teachings of Jesus. I think that this is maybe one of the most important messages I'll ever preach in my life. You know, it's important that we understand that this gospel, uh, the faith that we have, it's not ours. The things that you believe, you don't have the luxury of just believing what you want. It's been passed to us from generation to generation to generation from people that died for their faith to make sure that you got an opportunity to even hear about it. We live in a generation that's so arrogant that believes that we can define God. Whew. What is sacred anymore? Second Timothy, Caleb, would you help me? Chapter 3, verse 16 through 17, it says this. It says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, and correction, 
and for the training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. I ask you just real quick, what is the purpose of the word in your life? I'm ashamed of my relationship with the word. Listen to this. In 1536, on October the 6th, William Tyndale was, was, was killed. Some of us have never heard of William Tyndale. There are so many people that I have written down here that I don't have time to talk to you about here. But William Tyndale died in, in 1500 because uh, he, he believed so much that, 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 the, that the Gospels, that the letters had to be circulated. The people had to know. And so what he did was he got a copy of the scrolls and he began to translate them and he wanted them to be passed to the people. But the Catholic Church didn't want people to possess the Word of God. They didn't want people to read it for themselves. And he realized, man, we're way back to the way things were before. Jesus always wanted you to have access to Him. He wanted you to know His teachings firsthand. He wanted God to be able to speak to you. And he realized, man, the church has got it all wrong it terrifies me today to think what have I made of the gospel of Jesus I don't know if you realize but mankind has changed so much in the last 100 years we've changed the church we've we've ripped down tradition and created new traditions and and that's super duper good and it's super duper terrible I wonder how we fashioned the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you know about it? William Tyndale was burned at a stake and stabbed to death and strangled all at the same time while his desire was simply to make sure that you can read the Bible. It kills me. This is um, the second Bible I've ever owned. I remember my first one, it was, it was blue, and uh, I loved it. This is my second one. I love this so much. This became my first real, legit Bible. Like, I, lo- I read this on me and this one. We spent some hours together. And then um, somewhere in, like, 2007, I lost it, and I don't know where it went. And I got so upset. I lost it, that I went ahead and I bought another copy of it, <laughs> and uh, I really liked this one, this was good, and I wanted to make sure I didn't lose it, so I, I had enough money at the time, so I got my name put on it, so that way anyone that found it would, uh, would bring it back to me. Anyone else ever do this? Yeah, I, I, li- I like this, this was a good copy, and uh, what happened was I remember somewhere after that, that um, I got another Bible, uh, I got another, I, I got um, a little one. Anyone else ever get a little pocket Bible? I, I, I always wanted a sword of the Spirit, but then I really felt like I needed a dagger too, you know? Like, I was like, I can do my little, and I'd walk and I'd pray with my little dagger and I'd do work and I'd, I'd all right, Lord, and I'd quote scripture and Jesus, this is your word. It's a lamp onto my feet and it's, it's truth to my path. And, and, I, and I'm trying to speak truth into my life, recognizing that I'm living in a society where the enemy is going to tell me uh, left, where I'm supposed to go right, or I'm supposed to go straight ahead, or I'm supposed to stop and just wait and I can't tell you how many times I would have ran ahead when God said stop and I stopped when God was saying run ahead and I'm so thankful for all the times that God has spoken to me through the power of his word 
I got another Bible, actually. I, I, I can think back now over my life, and I remember I had a little red pocket one, and I had a little blue one, and then I got this really awesome NIV one, and now that I'm old, I wanted to make sure that I got some, some, some big print Bible, right? I don't know if anyone else has fallen into that category, but I've gotten so many Bibles over the years, and I realized that like what William Tyndale did for us to have Scripture is crazy. Hey, this isn't a sermon. It's a gift. We're living in a day where we have a curse. I can't tell you how many times uh, over the course of, 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 of two months where somebody uh, after church is over, we'll get a phone call where someone will call and say, hey, Pastor Tim, I left my cell phone at church. Uh, can, can, can you get it to me? Absolutely. I'll get you that. I can't tell you how many times that everyone has come back for their for their phone, and I can't tell you how many times people have not come back for their scripture. And uh, we've got so many of these. I, I think I have eight copies myself. And maybe we just lost it. People gave their life. To make sure that the teachings of Jesus would not be common. And I'm praying for all of us. And I'm scared to death for the sake of the church and the next generation. You know why? This week I found myself saying, you know what I need? I, I need to get a hose for my camper. You know, what, you know what I need? I need to get another smoker. Because the new smoker that I have, it's not as good enough. You know what else I need? And I'm going on Amazon and anything I want I can have in a second. Why is it that I don't need the word of God? Heaven and earth will pass away, and all the crap that I own will be left to nothing, but the word of God endures forever. And what do I want my kids to know when I'm dead and gone and eaten through worms? I want them to know this is the only thing that matters. But if they don't see us reading it, are we really passionate about it? How many copies are in your house? The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I went to Bulgaria in 2002, 2001, I'm sorry, on a missions trip. And it's over in Czechoslovakia, uh, just near Russia, and it was on the Black Sea. We actually stayed right on the Black Sea at this youth camp. It was awesome. And there was this beautiful vineyard outside. It was gorgeous. And uh, I remember we ate there every day, and the food they were feeding me, I, it was gross. It was like tomatoes and cucumbers, and, and I couldn't eat it. And uh, they were so proud that they were feeding me food that they didn't have the luxury of eating themselves. And I didn't want to eat it. Um, but I, I would try so hard to get it down. And, and now I'm thinking, well, I eat tomatoes and cucumbers now, but uh, it's, it's taken a while. The room next to where we were staying was a printing press. And uh, they were telling us stories of just 10 years prior, when, uh, before communism had fallen there in Bulgaria, of the stories of some of their friends. See, they would print the New Testament in Bulgaria and they were distributing it throughout Russia and Czechoslovakia. And they were telling me stories of some of their 
friends that would attend the church that we were staying at that now was a youth camp, but see, it was always a church. It was just an underground church. And they were telling us stories of some of the friends that, uh, that were arrested and beaten, and some of them that they never saw before, again. And I just think it's crazy how easy it is for me to believe in Jesus and how passively I do it. I don't, I don't have friends that were taken because they possessed a copy of the gospel. I think we're turning into a time and an age where it's more important that we get on Facebook to find out what's going on right now than we get into his word and he actually tells us what's going on right now. You know God can do that? He can speak to you. We're going to go over time today, and I just want you to know it's okay. Um, there's some things that you got to know. You got to know. You got to know. This is my favorite book. I don't know if you guys have ever read it before, but it's called The Jesus Freaks, and um, it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> what would people do? There's a story here, and uh, it's called Her Last Prayer, and it's a, about a little girl who was 16 years old who lived in Asia in the 1970s. I'm just going to read you a story really quick. It says, The communist soldiers had discovered their illegal Bible study. And as the pastor was reading from the Bible, men with guns suddenly broke into their home, terrorizing the believers who had gathered there to worship. And the communists shouted insults and threatened to kill the Christians. And the leading officer pointed at his gun at the pastor's head, and he said, Hand me your Bible, he demanded. Reluctantly, the pastor handed his Bible over, Handed over his Bible, his prized possession, and with a sneer on his face, the guard threw the word of God on the floor at his feet. He glared at the small congregation. We will let you go, he growled, but first you must spit on the book of lies. And anyone who refuses will be shot. And the believers had no choice but to obey the officer's order. And suddenly a soldier pointed a gun at one of the, one of the men, and he said, you first. The man slowly got up and he knelt down at the Bible. Reluctantly, he spat on it, praying, Father, please forgive me. He stood up and he walked out the door. The soldier stood back and then he allowed him to leave. Okay, the soldier said, nudging a woman forward in tears. She could barely do what the soldier demanded. But she spat only a little, but it was enough and she too was allowed to leave. Quickly, a young girl came forward. Overcome with love for her Lord, she knelt down and she picked up that Bible. And she whelped, she wiped off the spit with her dress. What have they done to your word, Lord? Please forgive me, she prayed. The communist put his pistol on her head. And he pulled the trigger. Today my message I'm not asking you guys to feel guilty for not reading more of the Bible. This isn't a message today to teach how truthful it is. I just want you to know the cost of what others have paid that we can hold it. We value so many things in our life. What does God value in your life? What do you own that God values? My whole sermon today was to hope, not that you would read it, not that you would study it or memorize it or anything else, 
that the value for the word of God would grow in your heart. For truth. I'm telling you, there's a lot of arguments in the internet right now. None of it is true. If you're on one side or the other, you're both wrong. This is the only thing. This is, not, this is the only thing that matters. This is truth. I wonder what we've done to Christianity. I wonder if the next generation, if we don't fight for a desire to pray and know God's word, is there anything even really valuable in this book if we devalue it so much and desensitize it by all the stuff that we need in our life? What will the next church look like? I want a church of people that will fight for their faith. That will fight to know Jesus. We sang the song, I want to know you. And I want to know your word for my life. And I want to know the direction that you have for me. And I want you to speak to me, God. And I want you to speak to me about my family and where we're going. And I want you to understand that like, the reason why all these people gave their life is because they believed in heaven and hell. And they believed that there's a generation of people out there who may go to hell if they don't know Christ as their Savior. And I'm sorry if you don't believe in that. But you don't have the right to believe that Jesus is Lord and not believe in heaven and hell. Because you didn't hear about Jesus on accident. You heard about it because of this book. And cover to cover, it is trying to speak to us not to get us to add a couple moments of the scripture of the day to our life. That our whole life would be about God speaking to us. And beloved, you got to know that the number one way that God speaks to his church is not through your pastor. And I pray to God that you have the Holy Spirit and that he's speaking to you. But I got to tell you, I am the leader of your church and I pray probably more than, than all of you times 10. And this week, the Lord reminded me that I'm a full-time pastor and a part-time Christian. It killed me because my whole life is about Jesus. Everything that I do, my kids, my job, my finances, and my, I'm trying to build the kingdom. And if it doesn't start and end with Jesus, oh man. I'm fasting right now. I'm trying to die to myself that Jesus Christ would live. This is how I want to close the service today, saints. It's 2021 and I'm so grateful for a new, a fresh start. I'm praying like crazy that inside the church, inside our church, I don't know about anyone else, but for everyone online watching, my prayer right now, I'm going to ask you, I don't care if you're at home in your living room or standing here in this room, this is my altar call today. If you're willing to give your life for Jesus, and I'm not talking about die for him, I'm talking about live for him and die for him. If you, if you today, if God is speaking about you having a greater desire for the word of God in your life, would you stand to your feet right now?
Beloved, I pray over you by the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples by baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded. I bless your people, Lord Jesus, right now with a hunger for your word above food, far above television, far above social media, far above the praise of man, far above the things of this earth. Lord Jesus, we are sorry. We repent for, for, for lukewarm Christianity. May we be on fire for you. Would you speak to us through your word? Give me a hunger, Lord, for your word. I repent and I turn to you with all of my heart. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. That's it. I love you guys. Hey, this week, if you want to join me in the fast, I'd encourage it. I want you to know America doesn't have a hope if there's no church. I'll tell you what, the church doesn't have a hope if there's not saints that are on fire and zealous for him. Please burn for Jesus. Please, this week, unplug from the world and plug into Jesus. In your sacrifice for Christ, don't give up something to impress people. Listen to Jesus. Do what God's asking. But in giving up, fill up. Please, make time to read the living word. I bless you, and I love you guys. God bless you.